0: Charged Up Studio listeners. This is Dana Olivo uh, with Charged Up Studio and Anatomy LLC. There's no question that Central Florida and the nation in general has become a melting pot for diverse cultural business entities. So not only do we have diverse nationalities and business models, but ingrained into this diversity are the various cultural differences that can interfere in our day-to-day engagements. So with the shift to working primarily in a virtual environment across the globe, we can see an uptick in international expansion activity. Recently, we had the director of the International Trade Office here on our podcast talking about the changes they have seen over the past several months here in Florida. Today, we have with us Ana Carolina Salazar, founder of Bold Digital Marketing Studio, a full-service Hispanic digital marketing company, which was recently recognized as Small Business of the Month by the Orlando Magic Small Business Program. She's also currently enrolled in Orlando's Leadership Program. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Yes. A native of Venezuela, Anna Carolina, understands firsthand the intricacies involved in managing cultural differences when working with business owners from different countries around the globe. Our podcast today will focus on those cultural differences within the Hispanic market. Prior to founding Bold Digital Marketing Studio, she served as the Integrated Marketing Solutions Assistant at Univision Orlando. She went to serve as marketing and events coordinator at Prospera, which used to be HBIF, right? Correct. And public relations and event producer at Lasari Group. She is the recipient of the Top 100 Marketing and Advertisers Leaders Award of MadCon USA 2021. Well, that sounds like a cool award to get. (laughs) Additionally, she is the co-chair for the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce of Metro Orlando and amb- uh, ambassador program and a member of the American Marketing Association. Goodness, what time do you have left?
1: <laughs> not much, not much.
0: <laughs> Anna Carolina is a graduate of the University of uh, Central Florida. Go Knights! Go Knights! With a bachelor's yeah. degree in advertising. I graduated from the College of Business there, so... Mm-hmm. Welcome Carolina.
1: How are you doing? Very great. Thank you so much for having me here as your guest. It's it's truly an honor. It's truly an honor. Oh, definitely. I
0: appreciate I appreciate you joining us here today. You know, my husband is Hispanic and Dominican. So, um, we've been married 36 years.
1: So, <laughs> Do so you understand our flavor? Right? I
0: understand how it works. Not that I understand the language completely, but, you know, I've over, over 36 years, I've picked up enough to where I can kind of decipher if you speak slow enough, there you decipher go. what's being said. But, you know, he used to always tell me, I, I mean, I studied Spanish. He used to always tell me that we don't see each other enough for me to worry about whether you understood what I said. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. So let's delve into these cultural differences as they relate to the Hispanic community. Okay? So first of all, what is the difference between Hispanic and Latino?
1: Well, that's a great question to start because I know so many people ask, what's the difference? Why do you call it? Sometimes you are called Latino or sometimes you are being called Hispanic, right? So Hispanics refer to people who speak Spanish or who are descendants of those, you know, from Spanish speaking countries. But Latino, you know, refers to a a geography, okay? Specifically people from Latin America, including like Central America, South America and the Caribbean. Uh, Hispanic uh, might be also be a Latino. But it can't, you know, it necessarily be the case for everybody, because if you know somebody from Spain will be Hispanic but not Latino, because they are in Spain, right? So they are not in Latin America, so that's why they are not Latinos.
0: Okay, uh, so Latino, when you think about it, mm-hmm. it's it's Latin. Exactly. Okay, so Latin. when we talk about Latino, we're talking about Latin America, mm-hmm. which is not Portugal, it's not Spain. Correct. You know, me. it's it's South America, it's Venezuela and Colombia, it's
1: Exactly, exactly. Panama and
0: would put Panama be considered?
1: Yes. Latina? Latina. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. so and then um a la uh, you know a person who is Latino might be Hispanic also because mm-hmm. you know we speak Spanish but Brazil, they speak Portuguese, Portuguese, so they are considered yeah. Hispanics, so, uh, Latinos, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Yes, no, definitely.
0: <laughs> well, I tell you what, I spent um, a good four and a half years down in Brazil, back and forth, back okay. 2009 to 2013, 14, Okay. You know, and was introduced um, quite a bit to the cultural differences between the two countries, which we'll get into you know as far as that's concerned so like i said i'm married to a dominican puerto rican but he's from new york so new york yes. okay,
1: okay new york yes there you go okay so well, speak, you is speak Spanish, right
0: <laughs> no actually he does pretty good with spanish
1: okay okay <laughs>
0: um he's, he's your typical baseball nut and everything too so likes the baseball oh, but wow. I, um like I said, I've been married for 36 years to him, and I notice a definite difference in the familial, meaning the family environment, between the Hispanic le- Latinos, okay, and Caucasian Americans. And that was brought to light quite quickly when I first met David, my husband. Mm-hmm. Do you find that quite prevalent throughout?
1: Yes, I think you know we care, Latinos. We care a lot about our families, our nucleus. So you know, as soon as for us is it's different. As soon as we make friends, we you know we bring them to our homes. We uh, share with them our family values, and you know, they, our friends also become part of our family. But yeah, for us, it's a, a tradition just to also uh, involve our, you know, our friends with our families, and we care a lot about uh, being together. And then we don't have that maybe that differences of having our closest family for us, our uncles, our cousins, you know, they are all part of our or our family we don't have that like that division you know so mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. maybe yeah. you have
1: noticed that maybe your husband well has... no i
0: i did <laughs> notice that i did notice that well not only in my own situation mm-hmm. because my sisters um made a comment when we first met about how we were always touching each other and hugging each other You know? so yes we didn't grow up like that, you know so but this is this was where his his you know, cultural differences came in and to me I enjoyed it.
1: Oh no, yeah. I'm a I'm a hogger, of course. Yeah. When you uh live here in, in the US, of course you start with you know, uh that call uh, cultur- uh culture a culturization. Yeah yeah that you you know it's like okay you have that res- uh respect of a space right but um I remember when I went back to Venezuela and my friends were going to hug me. It was like, oh, you know, it was, it was strange to me. So it happens both ways. You well, see? this
0: COVID stuff has to be really difficult because, yeah. you know, when you're so yes. prone and so trained to, you know, just embrace, and then yeah. COVID is just saying no. You exactly. Know, it's, yeah. It's, it's got to yeah. be yeah. really difficult. <laughs> I, know, <clears throat> I know when I was down in Brazil, one of the, the, the most eye-opening Differences for me um, dealing culturally in business. Okay, Mm -hmm. first there was there were several things. First of all, um, I noticed that I was dealing with men all the time. Very Mm -hmm. seldom are you dealing with females. So when I first started going down there, um, a lot of a lot of my colleagues and everybody were telling me, "You're, "You're crazy! You know, going into Brazil, they don't respect women. You know, that type deal." What I found was complete opposite. Okay, they, had, they held a great deal of respect for women, mm-hmm. especially women in business. You know. uh, but one of the biggest eye-openers was the amount of time it took for a business meeting down there. OK, here in the US, you know, a traditional business meeting might be 45 minutes to an hour, maybe over lunch, an hour and a half. OK, down there, you can't get out of a meeting
1: in <laughs> three hours. Yes, you know? <laughs> it is. Uh, and it happens now, um, like, you know, when you come to the US and you understand the value of time you know how valuable time is here you know because if you if you go to a Hispanic you know a meeting where they are all Hispanic you have to start like how is your family doing how is your uh, you know how is your husband how is is your yeah this
0: was as well you know a lot of the meetings I ended up meeting family members you know sitting and having a drink you know and stuff like that we wouldn't Uh, even get business until almost two hours in Mm -hmm. you know and that's generally what it was. Um, and then the other thing I noticed while I was down there, I had a a representative, resilient representative that represented my company while I was down there. And um, she was my basic go-to to get through gatekeepers. And she was a, at the time, I think she was 82 years old. She was an ex-Congresswoman for wow. Rio. And she got me through some of the most difficult gatekeepers by going to the parents of the people that I wanted to meet. She go, go, you know, for instance to the to the parents of the mayor or the governor or whatever and say, I want you to meet so and so. I want your son to meet so and so or you're and I'm telling you, she was good at it. (laughs) But the cultural differences and it works both ways. Yeah, okay. yeah whether you're outbound or whether it's inbound because i find a lot of um brazilians coming here mm-hmm. have a very difficult time adjusting, adjusting to our cultural differences
1: yeah i i recently started with a you know it's a a brazilian company you know that their owners are from Brazil, but the the company is here in orlando and um, uh, he just got here and they acquired this business and they are learning the business and not only the business, how to do business in the U.S. Because right. it's completely different as, you know, how it is in, in my country, in Brazil, in Colombia, in any right. any other country, right? So just adjusting to that and from meetings, because I remember like me going to the meeting with that mindset of. Uh, like American mindset, you know, I'm here for business, but no, he was like, he, this is my, this is, these are my daughters. These are, you know, he wanted to get yeah. to know me first as well. How long have you been here? So asking those questions is a lot of, is valuable to them. So yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: we are, we are um, here in America. We are really, we're open more to the relationship side of things. But again, time and time versus money, okay? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's still foremost in our minds yeah. as far as that's concerned. Um, especially now when you're in business and you're trying to streamline things. Now with COVID and you can do everything online, whereas you're not driving around to all your clients. That has been a time saver for us. When I've been more productive, one of the other things that we've had to adjust here, or I've had to adjust. Here is the fact that they are notorious for being late. And I can't tell you how many times down in Brazil I would arrive for an appointment. We're trained here to arrive for an appointment either 10 minutes beforehand or on, you know, no late, no later than at the time. And down there, what I found is sometimes the people I was meeting would not even get there till 45 minutes later. Even later, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And my and my rep would get highly upset because she's also holds an American citizenship. Okay, she's dual citizenship, so she knows the way Americans you know operate. So she would get highly upset on my behalf, saying they're not respecting you. And I said I kept telling her, Maria, don't worry about it. I'm not in America right now. I'm in Brazil. I have to adjust the Brazilian ways. <laughs> so, but,
1: uh, but I know it's, it's hard even it's hard. because I for me, I yeah, it's difficult. It's like, OK, I was used to like, OK, when they tell me the party, it's at six. Right. So, oh, OK, so I can get there at six thirty, six forty five. But here when you, when you get a, an invite for a party it's like from six to eight, when it starts and when it ends, right? You have that's yeah. on the invitation. So if yeah. yeah. So yeah. if you don't, you know, adjust to that, then it's like you're if you get there at nine, it's, then you exactly. the party's over. You're not gonna enjoy the party. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no, that's exactly it. That's exactly yeah. it. No. So um, being Hispanic or with you're from Okay, so you're Latino, yes, okay, because you're from Venezuela, which is South America.
1: Correct. I'm Latina and Hispanic, so yeah.
0: <laughs> so what is the importance of the Hispanic market?
1: Okay, so being here, I think you know, we have right now, as you may know, and you have you may notice because I've been here in the US for eighteen years, and I can tell you now that. Before, every time I heard uh, like a Venezuelan accent or somebody speaking Spanish, it was like, oh my gosh, somebody's, you know, a Latino or Hispanic here. You know, I was, I will get uh, so excited about it, right? Now it's like everywhere I go, I, you know, I hear a, a, a Venezuelan speaking and now it's not like, you know, it surprises me. So the population now, in the US of the Hispanics where they we represent the minority majority in the US in the United States. Exactly. Exactly. So,
0: you know, I, I I fully agree with you. You know, the, the population, the Hispanic population here in Central Florida, we already yeah. know Miami, it's mm-hmm. it's Hispanic down there. Yeah. It is not. They're already the majority down there. But between Hispanics and Portuguese, the Brazilians here, I know that there's other you know, nationalities, but those two have just grown like crazy here,
1: right and, here in Orlando. Yeah, I think the are right. Brazilians. But I have seen, since I've been here in the US, I have seen how the Brazilian community uh, has grown. And it's incredible. And the thing is that they are like, specifically located on, on South Orlando.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: uh if you see their their or their Brazilian markets and the, the community they stay like in one specific area I think they do uh, yeah You've got
0: they a lot of people over you know in the metro west area you know and things like that whereas the Hispanics a good portion of them are over in Rio Pinar you know over in Osceola County yeah you know and things like that so they do kind of you know, congregate, just like in, in New York or whatever, you got, you know, little China and you got, exactly. and you got, you know, all of it down in Miami, you have, you've got little Haiti and then you've got little Havana, little La, Havana. La Havana. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, you, you do get those communities and I would imagine that makes it better for them culturally. So, um, but what is the Hispanic community here? Okay when it comes to business mm-hmm. what is
1: important to them Okay um i think is you know for the business community i would say and now I, I can tell you uh as a business owner and also because i work uh at Prospera, which is a nonprofit organization that helps Hispanic entrepreneurs. Uh I can say that just uh, and and this happened to me last year and I was recently talking about it is that having that support that you know you're not alone, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Having owning a business it is hard, right? And going whether we, you're
0: Hispanic or not. Where,
1: exactly. Exactly. So yeah and doing and doing business in a you know in a country where the you this is like you, you don't know how to operate a business as the same as you were doing in your in your home country or maybe uh having a group of people support that around you you know to tell you like everything is going to be okay so I think for us, just uh, for us, that that's important, and I think that's why you know organizations like the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce exist, like Prospera, because we want to feel that you know that we have that need to feel that sense of belonging, also that we have that support, because you can go to a, you know Hispanic Chamber of Commerce event, and then you can see like. Uh, do business uh, with their members, but you can also go to Prospera and get the advice from their consultants and, you know, that somebody has your back, you know. So I think for us, uh, that's, that's really important uh, as the, a community. The camaraderie
0: mm-hmm. and the partnering and, and yeah. things like that. You partnering.
1: Last year, for example, I, um, we created this initiative among many marketers uh, here in Orlando uh, before COVID, we knew each other through different organizations, uh, like the one I mentioned. And uh, but we thought of ourselves like we are we're competitions because we were all marketers and we all have our agencies. But after COVID, we got together on a Zoom call, and then uh, we were, uh, you know, we started brainstorming. Oh, how are you doing? How is your business doing? And see how we could help it help each other and through that moment uh, we started helping each other out and seeing how we could help also the community so we built an alliance between us to help the community and those who needed help and now we uh uh, refer business to each other. So that for us was, uh, you know, one of the most right. incredible things that happened last year. So,
0: right, right. Well, you know, the diversity among Americans, okay, mm-hmm. not just cultural, as far as, you know, um, Hispanic, Haitian, you know, things like that. But the diversity among Americans between geographic regions, like New York and Florida, uh, Orlando and Miami, you know, a lot of that. Is there diversity among Hispanics?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we all speak Spanish, and most of us speak Spanish. It doesn't mean that we speak the same language or we have the same cultural background. Because, oh, believe me, when we talk about Sometimes we're talking like a Venezuelan and a Puerto Rican, we're talking and we sometimes we don't understand each other because, you know, they have some words that mean different things to us and vice versa, right? So um, we have our own traditions, our own cultures, so our cultural differences, right? So I think for employers or for also people who want to do business with the Hispanic market, uh, they have to recognize that that even though you know we we might speak Spanish, right? Uh, we we own our own culture, uh, customs, and also see that uh, the the traditions, for example. I recently saw uh an ad uh of Publix, right, trying to reach the Hispanic market. And I remember that they tried to mix uh arepa with sweet uh potato. It was around Thanksgiving. And I was like, oh see, they they are now trying to target the, the Hispanic market, but they, they just they put an arepa and sweet potato, but the Venezuelans started like no, doesn't know how you eat an arepa with sweet potatoes. So they start like like bombarding with messages, and then also is it so you have to understand those kind of things, like in order to really get to to the Hispanic, and not only that is that uh, if you see that the Hispanics in in California, in um, Arizona. Um, also, like you know, uh, uh, around that area, they are diff- a different kind of population than here in in Florida, right? So, understanding that all, how how maybe they also the generations, if they are first generations, second generations, uh, some of us speak uh, fully li- the two languages, others only speak Spanish, only others only understand the Spanish, but don't, don't speak it. So I think that understanding that cultural diversity among us is, is really important uh, because that's the way that you are going to, uh, you know, penetrate that barrier. Penetrate. And,
0: career, yeah. and, and, and um, correct me if I'm wrong, you know, it is not uncommon for generations to be living in the same house.
1: Oh that's correct. Okay. We, that,
0: you know, so the traditional statistics that come out do not take into consideration this this familiar generational family environment.
1: Yes, and uh, in in our cultures it's really you get out of your house when you're gonna get married, right? It's not like that's that's, that's you when you leave. <laughs> yeah, that's when you live exactly. So it's not when you graduate from high school. That is, it's very unusual unless you you know you want to live, you want to go to a different college in another state okay. or something. But it's not very typical. So yeah, you don't leave the nest until you're gonna get married. <laughs> so and and you live sometimes the the grandparents the parents and the kids live in the same house you know right mm-hmm. right so therefore when you're marketing to them to to the
0: hispanics you have to take into consideration uh depending on what you're selling mm-hmm. okay, who, yes who is around them who's influencing them when it comes to the hispanic market mm-hmm. uh, or who. Well, basically makes those decisions is it the female is it the male is it you know who makes those decisions when it comes to the
1: familial environment correct Correct. I think that's the you know the first thing that you have to consider when you know targeting the the Hispanic market who is the decision maker you know because even though that you might you know you might want to target uh, a young person through, um, I don't know, video marketing. Which I think the Hispanics we con- we consume a right. lot of a lot of videos. You know, mm-hmm. um, over we consume. I think uh, the average over ninety minutes longer than the than the U.S. average. Really? So, Yeah, <laughs> we love we love watching videos. But the thing is that. If that person isn't the decision maker, then are you capturing that person who is going to influence the other one? So that's very very important. And um, or, or also trying, uh, you know, trying to see because we speak. Like I said, you know, the, there is a generation gap and it's not the same. You, you don't target everybody the same way. You know, that's why when you are um, at advertising to them you have to see are they uh, do they speak spanish only are they bilingual or they, do they only uh, they like to consume only english media outlets so all those things uh, is not only about uh, speaking spanish to them because uh, like i mentioned it's not women. a matter
0: of being able to understand them or speak no. them. It's like um, if you take the say fifty five plus or the senior market, mm-hmm. okay, and mm-hmm. you're trying to target Hispanics to a assisted living facility or, or even targeting their younger children, their their oh. adult children, you know, chances are you're not going to have as much success with that That's because fine. the Hispanic younger or adult children take care of their parents. So the parents are going to be living with them as opposed to say someone like myself who did put her mother into an assisted living facility. I had other reasons for doing that. (laughs) (laughs) But you would not target or market to those young adult children to, to, get their parents put into an independent living facility or an assisted living, because more than likely that would not be top priority. They'd want to keep them
1: with yeah. them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's so totally
1: true. Yeah. But yes. Yeah, so it's just giving them options, you know, is also a speak it's speak in, in our culture, you know, it's like, like mm-hmm. I said, uh, Trying to make those cultural, like just like I was telling you, like what public did, they, they try to, you know, they 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 try to do it with the arepa, but understanding right how through that we are very emotional, you know, you get through us through our uh, the music and our uh, values, you know, like family, our friends, so. All those, you know, those things that that will also help uh, tweak a little bit your, your advertising to connect with us, that's, that is key. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. We're getting close to the end of our episode here. Do me a favor. What are the three tips for tapping the power of the Hispanic market? Can you give us?
1: Okay. So I think, well, and we have been talking about that, you know, about this difference but uh the thing is just like i said be aware of the regional differences not only uh, when if you're going to target to the the to reach trying to reach a hispanic market uh just try to see if the you know what population do you want to reach if you want to reach among the hispanics we have mexicans colombians uh, venezuelans uh, you know, Puerto Rican. So try to see uh, among them uh, what uh, what is the cultural differences, what makes them unique uh, and how you can deliver a very targeted message to them, right? That really resonates uh, because even though, you know, we are Hispanics or Latinos, we have our difference and understanding that is crucial for your campaigns uh, you know ad campaigns Mm -hmm. to really deliver to them you know and also i think that uh believe it or not most of us now speak spanglish so if you see that you know that you have the opportunity to reach out to the hispanic marketing through spanglish I think that that's key to understanding because, I, and I was talking to somebody, yeah, she's an American yesterday at the Orlando Leadership Program. And she said, Oh, how come can you change from English and Spanish so quickly? So, do you think in English or do you think in Spanish? And I told her, It's like I'm filling the blank. The whole time is like <laughs> like I'm playing that the whole time because it is if I don't find the word if I'm speaking in Spanish uh, and then I don't find the word in Spanish I switch to English so yeah. that's how we do it right so I just under, understanding that and I'm and, uh, and I told you about uh, um, that I'm gonna start a a podcast that is called that Hablamos Spanglish uh because that's how we you know you can relate to us and no definitely yeah, yeah. and just i think the last thing uh, and this is something that we also talk to our clients most of the time is that the hispanics are very ahead of the curve when it comes to digital you know, we, we lead that like the adoption part of devices. We're not afraid like, oh, let's wait until, you know, somebody uses that phone for us to adopt. No, we are like early adopters and we want say, to say you're early adopters. Yes. yes, exactly. So I think uh, it, that's very really important. And you, um, the use of, like I said, videos, social media, online ads, uh, that's really important. Uh, and when you do it, just pay attention uh, to those cultural aspects that I mentioned. But highly use of, of phone devices uh, is is that's for on, on us. So, so is, is it
0: is it good for us as business owners if we're here in America mm-hmm. to kind of guide those meetings and kind of keep them on task? <laughs>
1: I think so. I, for example, and this happens with my team. For example, yeah. I have a, a, you know, a digital marketing company, but, and my team is in different parts of, of the world. I have some mm-hmm. of my team are in Spain, Venezuela, and here in mm-hmm. the US. So, and we do everything digitally. So, I, but because of the cultural differences, I have had to you know, like teach my team, Hi. those that are in here, about the, about this is important aspect that we talked today, right, about the time, you know, it's like, we, if you are on time, you're late, you have to be, uh, like, at least two three minutes early, right, before it starts, and then uh, if the meeting is from 8, to eight thirty a.m., then at eight twenty-eight, you have to start saying goodbye because you have to re- respect the t- right. you know the time. Right. So, I think those kind of things, uh, you, yeah, if you're working with a Hispanic, is is important. But uh, I don't know. I have, I know many Hispanics, and like I said, it's like that. Have this this happened to me, and I know many of us that you know. Uh, we have that culturalization to mm-hmm. the U.S. where we respect, you know, and adapt to those things. Yeah, um, and I,
0: and that I've noticed that too when I'm yeah. dealing with you know Hispanics in my business is, you know, um, you know, once they get used to who you are and what your expectations are, they're mm-hmm. pretty quick. I'm picking up, you know, yeah. as, far as yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that includes. Our episode for today. <laughs> uh, give me a favor, Anna. Can you let the listeners know how they can reach you if they have any questions or want to get?
1: Up? Yes, of course. Um, well, my company is called Bold Digital Marketing and Studio. Um, and what, what we do is uh, to connect uh, companies we that want to reach the Hispanic market to our cultural approach and uh, you can find us on online of course on uh we have our website and on our social media uh, It's bold b-o-l-d-d-m-s studio.com that's our website and then you can also search on social media we are on facebook linkedin and instagram as bold d m s studio
0: All right. Well, thank you, Anna Carolina. Um, It's been a very interesting, interesting conversation here. (laughs) And that concludes our episode for today. I am Dana Oliva with Marketatomy LLC and host of Charged Up Studio. And we will see you next week. Bye bye. And you can always reach us at info at chargedupstudio.com. You can follow us
1: on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, and contribute to our platform on Patreon.